Thanks for joining us today at Springwell Church, where we want to draw spiritually thirsty people to Jesus by loving God, loving each other, and loving the world. We hope that today's message builds you up, gives you a little insight, and helps you find a brand new perspective. You can find us in Taylor, South Carolina, and online at springwell.org. That's springwell.org. Now let's jump into the message. Welcome to uh, week two. We're all family. Uh, today, uh, the title of the message is a, ble- a Blessing or a Burden. A Blessing or a Burden. Uh, change can be exciting. Can be exciting sometimes. It can be scary, a little intimidating, but change can be incredibly exciting, I think, as well. Uh, new, new technology has opened doors that, you know, really we just never dreamed possible. For example, right here on, on this phone, I can pull up, I have access to every file that I have on my computer. It's crazy, isn't it, when you think about that? So if I had lost a hard copy of my message this morning, yeah, I still do. Can you see that? I'm crazy. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I look at that and think, look at that highlight. It's, it's crazy. But I could pull that up. If I lost that, I could pull it up right here on my phone. Now, what was funny was I was going to literally pull it up on my phone, and I went to that app, and I forgot the password. But, but if I had remembered the password, I could pull it up on this phone. Now, I couldn't read it. It would be way too small. However, I still don't have to fret because I could go into the office and from this phone, I could print the message all over again. I'm just telling you, that would be absolutely awesome technology. But with each advance in technology... With each advance, socially, it's, it seems like, I'm speaking maybe from an older guy, okay? But it seems like that we lose a little bit of something that we had. Something is lost. And sometimes that's for good. Maybe, maybe even most of the time that's good, but sometimes... Sometimes I, sometimes I wrote, I said, sometimes it's bad, sometimes it's sad. Family structure, for example, uh, which in the past seemed to consist mostly of just a mom, a dad, and the kids, really has radically changed over the years. If you were here last week, one of the things that we talked about was the blended family. And according to some of the experts out there, it's going to be the blended family that's going to be the predominant family structure in the future for us. And no matter how you look at it, we we love blended families. God bless blended families. But really, blended families represent brokenness and hurt, no matter how you look at it. And that's not just blended families is not just the only structure. There are other structures as well. There are single-parent families. There are unmarried couples with children. And the list just seems to go on and on and on and on. In addition to all the structural changes, the, the roles of parents has seemed to change over the years. Now, our basic responsibility, you know, 
for our children is pretty simple, right? We got to feed, water, and clothe them. Y'all with me? Um, feed, water, and clothe them. And really, you know, the first couple is, seems pretty simple just to feed them and to make sure that they have water and they're cared for. Seems like that's kind of elementary. It's pretty simple. But the whole clothing thing can get extremely complicated, right? I mean, really, is it our responsibility to clothe them in such a way as if they look cool like all the other cool kids? Is, is that the goal? So when you send them to school, is the goal not just to make sure that they're clothed with nice clothes, but to make sure that they have cool clothes on so they fit in, so they're not bullied once they get to school? And then what if they go all goth or whatever the alternative style is today? What are you going to do? Do you allow them to express themselves with their clothing? Or is there a line somewhere that we as parents need to maybe draw? And where's the line for clothing, maybe for hair, piercings, tattoos? Where is the line for those things? And it just seems like that parents today are dealing with those issues more than parents of, of my generation. And what about sports? Man, I remember when I was a kid. When I was a kid, you know, we, we played football in the fall, right? And then we kind of rolled into basketball as that winter sport. And then, and then we, we would look at baseball for the spring and for the summer. And we could play every single sport if we wanted to. And we could because we enjoyed every sport. And it doesn't seem to be that way anymore. I talked to parents who said, you know what? At a very young age, your child has to make a decision on what sport they're going to play. They can't play every sport. They have to specialize in a sport. And then once they do, they get special coaches to help them in that sport. And it's really crazy to talk to very small children today that probably know more about how to throw a ball or hit a ball or shoot a ball or whatever it is than I ever imagined. Because they have to specialize. Because in order to specialize, it's a, big, it's a very big deal. Because in order to get into a school, it takes more than just doing good on test. It's bigger than that. How about cell phones and the internet? Have mercy. How young is too young for a child to have a phone? And then there are parents, I remember for us, you know, when, when, when you give your child a phone and when you think about the security of knowing that you can get in touch with your child anytime that you want to, that you know that they're safe and if they're out there, if they had a wreck or whatever the case might be, they can call you yay for cell phones, right? Until you try to sit down and have a conversation with your child and their face is buried in a phone. And how much time is too much time on the internet? Things have definitely changed. And with all these changes, some good and some bad, I think it could be really, really hard to know what your role is as a parent. So what is the goal? I mean, if we could just dumb it down, what is the goal? What is the aim? What's the bullseye that you're trying to hit as a parent? How do you know if you've actually succeeded? And honestly, with all of the parents that I talk to today who are struggling with so many different issues than Karen and I struggled when we were young and, and parenting, 
I just think there needs to be some clarification. And I really think that the best place for clarification is the Bible. I really do. <clears throat> I think the Bible really can make it simple for us. So this morning we're going to be in Psalm 127. <clears throat> just so you know, Solomon wrote this psalm, and maybe uh, you were thinking, well, I thought David wrote all the psalms. It, David wrote a lot of the psalms, but he didn't write all the psalms, and he didn't write this particular one. And just in case you don't know who Solomon is, Solomon was one of the kings of Israel, and he is known for being one of the wisest men who has ever lived. So I want to read you know, Psalm 127 this morning in its entirety, and then we're going to go back and look at each verse. Don't, don't sweat. There's just 169 verses. I'm just kidding. There's five. <clears throat> just five verse, verses. And for some of you, that makes you a little nervous knowing that I have five, right? Let's look at these five verses. God, right out of the gate, he says, unless the Lord builds the house. Wow. Ah. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders as parents, we labor in vain. I thought I'd start with a little pick-me-up kind of verse to kind of get you going, right? Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. Wow, and how many of us as parents, really? Don't you want to protect? Don't you want to nurture? Don't you want to make sure that your children are safe? But he says, unless the Lord is the one doing that, our labor is in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. <clears throat> Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring, a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are the children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. So here in this psalm, we find this beautiful, beautiful metaphor for children. Children are like arrows. So if children are like arrows, then we as parents are like archers, right? Solomon is, is great at, at painting word pictures, and I love word pictures. I mean, when I was a kid, when I was growing up, I mean, I, I loved it when the book had more pictures than words. Anybody else, you know, in that? So I, lo I love to have the words over here that was okay, but I love the picture over here to show me, you know, to give me that visual of, of what really the words were trying to explain. I mean, and I think, you know, that's the way I learned the best. I love having that mental image, and I bet some of you are just like that. Proverbs 6, for example, go, uh, go to the ant, you sluggard, consider its ways and be wise. And again, for me, that paints a picture, helps me to understand a little bit better what the words are trying to communicate. So Solomon says that parents are like archers. So what's our aim as parents? What's our aim as parents? I think, I think Solomon makes it really, really clear in this passage. A couple thoughts I want to share with you this morning. The first one is simply this. Children are a blessing not a burden. They're a, they're a blessing, not a burden. And so I'm really just trying to make the point that the mindset for every parent, the mindset for every parent, the mental goal is to view, to see, to treasure, 
to treasure your children like they're a blessing, not, not a burden. He says, children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. And, and just so you know, uh, the word full really means 12. I'm just kidding. I've been saying this for years and years and years and years that I believe that the greatest gifts that God has ever blessed me with, other than the beautiful gift of my wife, is the gift of my two kids. They're a gift. Mornings like this morning when she's, Emily, uh, my oldest, is up here singing and, and we get to serve together. It's so cool. And you have no earthly idea what Emily has meant to me in my life and how how when you get to a certain age, it's just a beautiful thing. I hope you parents all get to this place where, where your children start to teach you. And then you are the learner and they're teaching you incredible, beautiful, powerful spiritual lessons. Man, I truly believe that I'm a blessed man because of the gift of my two girls. But children are a blessing that can sometimes feel like a burden. That was awesome. Can, I, can you say that one more time? Anybody know what I'm talking about? At least I got somebody in the house. That's, are, you, are you willing to raise your hand and say, whoop, whoop? And maybe some of you wanted to raise your hand, but maybe you were afraid that you would be judged. Children are a blessing, but being a parent can sometimes be burdensome. When you become a parent, <clears throat> there is some freedom that's lost. For example, Karen and I, uh, because of the age and the stage of life that we are, and our children are, are, are married, they've been out on their own for a while, if they moved out single, and then later they got married, and, and so we're in this beautiful, wonderful stage, it's called the empty nest, Thank the sweet Lord. I've heard messages preached and the burden of being an empty nester, and I thought, you ain't doing it right. Man, it's awesome. And so Karen and I, on, on a Thursday afternoon, if we decide at the last minute, hey, you know what, let's, let's get out of town this weekend. You know, we've got a couple of days. I'm preaching Sunday, but you know what, let's get out of town. Let's leave tonight, spend the night Thursday night, spend the night Friday night, come back Saturday. We can do that. If you have children, you cannot do that. You can't look forward to a romantic weekend because you got children at home. And you've got to make sure that at home it's rated PG. Y'all know what I'm talking about? We don't have to worry about the rating when it's just she and I off for the weekend. I probably shouldn't have said it quite that way. That's not in my notes. You're probably shocked. You have responsibilities as a parent. We don't have to hide the cookies anymore. And don't look at me like you don't hide your cookies. Don't, don't, don't look at me like that. Y'all know what I'm talking about if you're a parent. You know, you, you go to the grocery store. I remember when we were raising our kids, we, we were on a budget. It was a very tight budget. And so Karen would buy a bag of cookies. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Probably not. My wife is a stickler, I'm telling you. And so she would buy a bag of cookies and like ration them out. You get two a day <laughs> with a half a glass of milk. 
And so no kidding what we would do in Karen. Say, if you eat all the cookies, if you eat all the bread, if you drink all the milk today, it's tough for you. You'll starve the rest of the week. That sounds kind of harsh, didn't it? We don't have to hide the cookies anymore. We can leave them out in plain sight. Karen does have to worry about me. But she didn't have to worry about the children. You know what? You can go out, we can go out to eat at a restaurant. And we don't have to worry about screaming babies. It's awesome. We can actually go out to a restaurant and we can sit and have a conversation. As long as we don't sit beside parents who brought their kids with them, right? And you got that two-year-old and throwing food is just the coolest thing in the world and crying and screaming and yelling. And we can sit over in the corner and say, thank you, Jesus, that we made it through that stage. And then there's bath time and brushing teeth, and brushing teeth can be tricky. When you're a young parent and foolish, and you tell your child to go brush his or her teeth, you listen for the water to run. But our children were smart. So our children learned to turn on the water. You can't just go by that. And then, and then our children got really, really good. They knew to wet the toothbrush. Y'all with me? Because if it's a parent, you'd go in and say, did you brush your teeth? Yes. You pick up the toothbrush. No, you didn't. It's dry. You didn't brush your teeth. You lied to your mama. You lied to your daddy. So you have to stand and watch them brush their teeth. I'm just saying that parenting is a lot of work. Children can be both a blessing and a burden because, listen, listen, being a parent is weighty. The responsibility of being a parent is heavy. I love watching my, Kate, my daughter Katie, our youngest, and, uh, and her husband Dylan. I love to watch them parent. It's awesome. Uh, this past summer, we were at a, uh, a swimming pool, and it was a family fun day. And uh, it was just awesome. The whole family were together. We took a little picnic and lunch. I mean, we were just having the time of our life. And so Karen was, was in the pool, and uh, she, she looked up at Dylan, and she said, Dylan, just, you know, just let, give me river, you know? Give me river. I want to put him in the water, and we're just going to play. You know, we'll get him used to the water. He's just an infant, but we want to get him used to the water. And so, and so she was just so excited about doing the same thing with her grandson that she did with both of our daughters. And, and Dylan looked at her, and he said, no. And Katie backed him up. And she said, no. And you know what they said? We're not putting our child in that dirty water. Now, we respected them as parents, and so we said, okay, if that's what you want to do. But i got to be honest with you. I'm thinking to myself, y'all lost your mind? I mean, like, when, when our kids were just infants, we put them in the water. You know what I'm talking about? We wanted to teach them how to swim at a very early age. And, and quite honestly, we are firm believers that we, expe we expose them to germs and disease at a very early age so they would build up their immune system. Why are y'all looking at me like that? And our kids were both, they were really healthy. Because we exposed them to ger germs when they were just babies. And so... 
it was beautiful because what we understood was they were taking their parenting seriously. Because parenting is weighty. And because it's weighty, we want to do it well. And I think we want to do it well, and I think that we want to make sure that we, we have some influence in the lives of, of our kids. And, and so there's no place on earth where you have more influence and impact than you will at home as a parent. You will have more influence in your child's life as to who God is than we ever will as a church. I heard a pastor say this recently. He said this, he said, your child is either going to get an accurate picture of God with ease because of you or with great difficulty in spite of you. Oh, that's weighty. Let me just say that someday at church, your child's going to hear a pastor maybe like me, and he's going to say that God is our heavenly father and or that he has the heart of a mother. And you will be the image that they refer to as to who God really is. And they'll either think, wow, I mean, if God is a heavenly father, and if he's anything as a heavenly father like my earthly father, or if he has those characteristics that my mom has, if he has the heart, the compassionate heart, the caring heart that my mom, wow, God is really awesome. For those of you that may have just tensed up a little bit about the mother thing, let me show you this verse. Out of Matthew's gospel. Matthew 23, verse 37. Jerusalem, Jerusalem. The words of Jesus. You who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you. How often I have longed to gather your children. Oh. Gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. And those are the words of Jesus. And those are the words and the feeling that God wants us to think of as we think about who he is. And he is the perfect balance. Listen to me carefully. He is the perfect balance of masculinity and femininity. Are you with me? If you think that I'm kind of off here, then those are the words of Jesus. Then go to Genesis 1 that we have been created in the image of God. He created us both male and female. And so when I think of God, I think of God as the perfect heavenly father that has those beautiful balance between both. Because we've both been created in his image. And our child is either going to get an accurate view of God, an accurate picture of God with ease because of us, or they're going to get with great difficulty in spite of us. See, this thing called parenting is a heavy responsibility and it's a burdensome task. So at the forefront of my mind as a parent, it's always been this question. Am I leading my girls to Jesus by how I live? Or am I leading my girls away from Jesus by how I live? So when they think of me as a father, and I think, Dad, if you've been this good to us, how much better will our Heavenly Father be? And as they think of their mom, well, they think, oh my gosh, mom, you've been so good. You've nurtured, you've cared for us. You've watched over us. Yeah, like a hen that would gather her chicks. Yes, mom, that's my picture of you. And if you are that way as my heavenly, as my earthly mom, then how much, how much more compassionate and how much more gracious and kind and loving 
and nurturing is my heavenly Father. It's a heavy burden to carry, and yet the blessings out of this world. Which leads me to a second thought that I think Solomon makes. It's a big, long point. I should have whittled it down. This is the best I got, and so I just want to share it with you. The second thought that I got, at least, the heavier the blessing, the stronger you need to be to carry it. And the more faith is needed to see it through. Listen to me, parents. Listen to me. It's all about building a genuine relationship with Jesus and drawing your strength from him. Verse 1, unless unless the Lord builds the house. Unless the Lord builds the house. The builders labor in vain. Listen to me. You can't fake it. You can't fake it. It's more than bringing them to church on Sunday. It's more than that. You can't be religious enough. You just... This has to come out of a genuine relationship, a faith-filled relationship with Jesus. It's got to be real. And when I, when I talk about being real, I don't talk about being perfect. I talk about sharing the good and the bad with your kids. Even when you struggle with your own faith, it's, it's sitting down with your children and having an honest conversation with them about your struggles, and your questions. But maybe your relentless pursuit to continue to, to strive to get it right, even when you don't understand it, that it's okay to have questions, that it's okay to, at times to doubt, to express that, but somehow to hang on to Jesus through it all. And they will read you like a book. You can't fake it. You can't be religious enough for it. It's got to be real. Sometimes I think I probably taught my girls more by my mistakes than I ever did. By trying to get it all right. 2 Corinthians 4 Verse 18 says this. So we don't look at the troubles that we see now. Rather, we fix our gaze. Hang on, look at that just for a minute. We fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things that we see now will soon be gone, but these things we cannot see will last forever. So in case you missed it, Let me give you a little bit of the context. He's talking about faith. And if you view parenting without faith, and I'm going to tell you what you're going to see. You're going to see trouble. And you're going to see hardship. And you're only going to be able to see what you believe to be reality in the moment. But if you see it through the eyes of faith... We'll see the eternal impact that's possible. And that may not be right now. But someday, one day, 
it'll come. When you, when you live by faith in a genuine, a genuine relationship with Jesus, when you see how good God has been to you and how faithful God's been to you and how he has cared, you and pro- cared for you and protected you from yourself, then what you will see when you look at your children, even though your children struggle, and even though your chil- children may go through those prodigal days, what you will see is their potential. You will not focus on their failures. You'll know that they're not defined by their failures. That they're not defined by their sin. They'll be defined by who they belong to. And that's Jesus. Karen and I have raised babies and we've changed diapers. We've, uh, we've prayed over middle schoolers and we've heard over the broken hearts of teenagers just desperately wanting to be loved by their peers. We've prayed over drifting and rebellion and we've watched the prodigals come home. And I can honestly stand here this morning and tell you that I fixed my eyes, I gazed on the things not yet seen and I believed by faith of what could be. What could be, even though there was no sign that it would be. I've stood on this stage with Emily. And I've listened as she has spoke with power. Clarity, anointing, and humility. I've been so proud. I've cleaned up throw up off of the sidewalk when her fears have overtaken her before she'd sing on this stage on a Sunday morning. She's taught me about faith and tenacity because she refused to give up. And if I'm honest, I just wanted her to quit. To see her struggle, see her struggle with fear and anxiety, I just wanted her to give up. And my child has been an example to me of what it means to persevere. I've watched Katie come home spiritually. A few months ago, uh, she and I had lunch together one day, and as we as we had lunch together, she shared with me. her story of God's protection as she wandered in the wilderness. I have listened to her as she has I've 
had the privilege of listening to her to pray over River like we prayed over her. I've listened to her as she's read River every night. She reads him a Bible story. And I've wondered as she's reading those stories to River, as she's reading to him or if she's reading to remind her the beauty and the wonder that's packed in these wonderful, incredible stories that we read to children. I guess it's both. I've stood on this stage um, while my three girls served in the children's ministry building next door. That's a bigger blessing that I can possibly describe. There are no words. For my family to be in love with Jesus. For my family to have gone through some very dark, very challenging days and be deeper in love with Jesus today than they were then. There are no words. There are no words. Are we perfect? Have mercy, no. I share way too much of my junk probably with y'all. You know I'm not perfect. I'm so far from it. Was I a perfect dad? Lord, no. Was Karen a perfect mom? Pretty much. She had three children to raise, Emily, Katie, and me. And I could give you a long list of all of our faults and all of our shortcomings and where we messed up and where we blew it but this is a really sweet moment and I wouldn't want to mess it up with our junk and I don't know where you are in your parenting you know maybe you just had a baby and you're feeling the daunting task of being a parent you feel the weight of raising that child I see that with Katie and Dylan. I see it in their eyes. <clears throat> and maybe your child is in middle school or high school, and right now you feel pulled in so many different directions. <clears throat> you're trying to figure it out. You're trying to figure out the phone and the internet, and you're trying to figure out the the, the clothes and, and and the hair and what color it should be, and you're you're, you're trying to figure out piercings and tattoos and where that fits in with Jesus and how do we where is there a give and take and where where is the line and where do we stand and you're struggling I get it or maybe you have a wayward prodigal and the weight of that child is, is keeping you up at night Here's what I know. Wherever you are on the spectrum, the heavier the blessing, the stronger you need to be to carry it, and the more faith is needed to see it through. I'm just saying you can't do it on your own. And the only thing that got Karen and I by, it was, it was our faith. It's our faith and our belief in Jesus and the power of God and that God watched over me all those years that I was the prodigal son and and that he loved me and he was faithful and he convicted me even in my junk and he, and he protected me and he, and he brought me home. 
So I trusted that my Heavenly Father would be that same Father to my children. Solomon said, and said, unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers labor in vain, the builders labor in vain. It's a simple question. Are you allowing God to build your house? Are, are you building your house on principles and truth? Because I'm telling you, if, if you're trying to build, to, to raise your children, if you're building your home on principles on Facebook, God help you. Because when the wind changes, there'll be another direction tomorrow. There'll be another truth to live by next week. God's truth is stable. Joshua said this in the book that bears his name, chapter 24. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you'll serve. Whether the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you're living. But as for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. Children are a weighty blessing. Parenting comes with a huge responsibility, and you cannot do it on your own. You, you need faith. You need faith in God and to live by principles that are proven. So how are you doing? How are you doing? You have to choose. So if you're here this morning and you're a parent and you say, you know what? I, I feel that pressure. And I want to have that mentality. I want to have that mindset that this is a blessing that God has gifted me with. And with it comes a heavy responsibility. And I need prayer. I want to get it right. I want to do it His way, not my way. If that's you, would you slip up your hand? I just want to pray for you. Some of y'all like, come on, I'm, this is heavy, isn't it? Father, you've taught me recently that in my praying Lord I don't call you dad I don't call you daddy enough so daddy as I come to you this morning Lord I come on behalf of parents that want to get it right what a huge responsibility it's a burdensome job at times, Lord, to be a parent because the responsibility is so heavy. Lord, we cannot gain wisdom from this world. We have to base discipline. We have to base love and care and nurture, Lord, on your word. So, Father, for parents that just raised up their hand. God, overwhelm them with you, with your goodness. Whisper in your ear and tell them that you love them. Give them wisdom and understanding as they seek you through your word, as they seek those principles to raise their children 
with and by. Every head still bowed, every eye still closed. Maybe you're not a follower of Jesus and you just feel the weight of doing life on your own. That's what sin is. It's, it's a weight that's too heavy for you to bear under. And that's why God sent His Son, Jesus. God longs to be not just a God up in heaven, sitting on the throne, but He longs to be your heavenly Father. He wants to be your Daddy. He wants to love you and nurture you. He wants to be in a relationship with you. He's crazy about you. And He proved it. That's why God sent His Son, Jesus. He sent His Son to die on the cross to pay the ultimate price for all your sin. And on the third day, God raised Jesus from the dead. And this morning, if you're fully, if you're willing to fully surrender your life to Jesus, He will lift that heavy burden of sin off your shoulders. So if you're ready to give your life away, give it away to fully surrender it to Him. And right there, in your seat, maybe you just pray a simple prayer, something like this. Maybe you just tell Him, I realize that on my own, God, I'm totally unworthy. And God, in a way that I can't understand, your love is greater than my ability to comprehend. I thank you for your faithfulness, for your willingness to pay the ultimate price to be in a relationship with me. So I'm asking you for your forgiveness for all my sin. I'm asking you to be my Lord and the Savior of my life. From this day forward to the best of my ability, I want to put you first. I want to live for you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for salvation that comes through you. Father, thank you me personally just for the wonderful gift of being a father thank you for two girls Lord that have <clears throat> done more to encourage me to love me unconditionally I have seen your love and your patience through them I am a blessed blessed man send the sweet Jesus, name of Jesus that I pray